trust in the Lord with all your heart and lean not on your own understanding. In all your ways, submit to him and he will make your path straight. Good morning. We're in the middle of the series on Proverbs, and I chose the exemplary woman of Proverbs 31. It seemed like a natural choice for me as a woman and a pastor. Somebody at an earlier service said, you're the right man for the job. (laughs) It was not so very long ago that a famous pundit, Dr. Samuel Johnson, said, a woman's preaching is like a dog walking on its hind legs. It is not done well, but one is surprised to find it done at all. And yet here I am, Dr. Johnson, because in our time, women are known to be capable of doing all kinds of things that in former times were not open to us. We run companies and run for office and run marathons. We become pastors or police officers or pilots. Some of us live on our own and take responsibility for our lives and livelihoods. We choose a career and pursue it. We marry or we choose singleness. We have families and stay home with our kids. Or we try to figure out some way to have more than one of those things in our lives. And we make arrangements for childcare and we figure out meals and carpools and babysitters. And it's probably better for us not to eat pizza for dinner again. And when, when will I do the laundry? Sometimes the pressure to have it all is enough to make you feel like you're in some kind of crazy competition. At 42, Zimmerman's the oldest woman competing tonight, and she is looking strong. And quickly through that first obstacle, she's competed twice before, but never made it past the second obstacle. This will absolutely test her grip. Look at that. Look at that, Matt. Come on. She's got that momentum going. Now she's got to make that grab. Just like that. Well, she's a beloved figure here in the Northwest. So many have trained at her backyard course. Woo! And she is loving this. Awesome being in front of so many friends and family. But this is the dangerous part. Watch this drop. Your hands can peel right off. Oh, she holds on. Needs an extra swing here. Got to get off this obstacle. And she does it. I am a complete shock right now. She's looking to be the first woman to hit a buzzer this season. No mom has made it up the wall. Can Zimmerman do it at 42? Oh, my goodness. She's had success here in the tunnel. Life can be hard for women, and it can feel as tough as that competition sometimes. We work with our families, with God, with our callings to make a life that not only fulfills and brings glory to God, but doesn't wear us right out. Today, I want to make sure that every woman here knows that whatever she and God figured out, she is affirmed and appreciated for who she is. We're going to look at one exemplary Bible woman among many, but she's not the only godly role model there is. Let me tell you about some of the others. The Bible is full of women. 
in a time when many did not consider the stories or contributions of women to be important, we can be assured that women of all kinds are a living presence in our scripture and an integral part of God's story. Particularly, the Bible takes note of women that people of the time would not have lifted up for praise or notice. In fact, they should not have been in, in the Bible at all. People from faraway places and other faiths, like Ruth the Moabite in the Old Testament, and in the New, the Canaanite woman who brought her child to Jesus for healing, or the woman by the well in the Samaritan town. In a time when people with illnesses were shunned because illness was thought to have been caused by sin, there are women in need of healing who are lifted up as examples of faith. The woman with the 12 years of bleeding was healed by Jesus, and he commended her for her faith. There were women struggling with infertility like Hannah in the Old Testament and Elizabeth in the New, and they aren't included so that Scripture can denounce them as people of the time would have, but they're lifted up in sympathy and for God's intervention in their lives. There are single women, Lydia, the seller of purple, Martha and Mary, Jesus' good friends, all are exemplary and faithful people. There are women who did jobs we often think of as only for men in the Bible, like Deborah, the judge and battle leader, and Huldah, the prophet. There were students of religion, like Mary, Martha's sister, who sat at the feet of Jesus and thus was a student of his in the same way that Paul sat and learned at the feet of Rabbi Gamaliel. There were women who financed and supported the ministry of Jesus and the disciples as they traveled, who traveled with them, Susanna, Joanna, and others whose names we don't know. There were women, both rich and royal, exemplary queens, like the Queen of Sheba and Queen Esther. And there were poor widows, the widow Jesus sees giving from her poverty in the temple, and old Anna, who spent most of her life in the temple courts. We see poor women, wealthy women, businesswomen, religious leaders, foreign women, women with children, women without, women who are married and women who are not. And all of them are included in the story of God's people and lifted up as exemplary in some way. Their variety is worth remembering as we come to the passage about the Proverbs 31 woman. Now let's hear about her, a woman in full. Her, in Hebrew, her poem has each line beginning with a letter of the alphabet, so she is an A to Z exemplary woman. And here she is. A capable wife, who can find? She is far more precious than jewels. The heart of her husband trusts in her, and he will have no lack of gain. She does him good and not harm all the days of her life. She seeks wool and flax and works with willing hands. She's like the ships of the merchant. She brings her food from far away. She rises while it is still night and provides food for her household and tasks for her servant girls. She considers a field and buys it. With the fruit of her hands, she plants a vineyard. She girds herself with strength and makes her arms strong. She perceives that her merchandise is profitable. Her lamp does not go out at night. She puts her hands to the distaff and her hands hold the spindle. 
She opens her hands to the poor. She reaches out her hands to the needy. She's not afraid for her household when it snows, for all her household are clothed in crimson. She makes herself coverings. Her clothing is fine linen and purple. Her husband is known in the city gates, taking his seat among the elders of the land. She makes linen garments and sells them. She supplies the merchant with sashes. Strength and dignity are her clothing, and she laughs at the time to come. She opens her mouth with wisdom. The teaching of kindness is on her tongue. She looks well to the ways of her household and does not eat the bread of idleness. Her children rise up and call her happy, her husband too, and he praises her. Many women have done excellently, but you surpass them all. Charm is deceitful, and beauty is vain, but a woman who fears the Lord is to be praised. Give her a share in the fruit of her hands, and let her works praise her in the city gates. This is a married woman with kids who's a businesswoman whose husband is prominent in the community, and she herself has a community reputation for kindness and generosity and wisdom. The words used to describe her are strong, full of dignity, wise, kind, and happy. Let's look at her life and find some ways that her example can lift us higher. She works as an example, I think, for both women and men. First of all, number one, she cares for her home and family. She is a home-building powerhouse. She looks well to the ways of her household and does not eat the bread of idleness. She rolls up her sleeves. She works at it every day. She gets up early and provides for them. I hate to say this, but I think it looks like a cooked breakfast instead of Cheerios, y'all. Already I have fallen short of her example. She gets food from near and far for them. Sounds like she goes to the farm stand, to Publix, and the Whole Foods. Truly, though, there were no shortcuts in her time, no frozen pizzas, no Uber Eats deliveries. I'm in awe of her cooking, and I don't even know what she cooked. She also made their clothes, starting from absolute scratch. She made the cloth their clothes were cut from. Proverbs says that she and her family were dressed in purple and scarlet, expensive, exclusive colors. Now, it is worth noting that our Proverbs woman has help. It says she rises while it is still night and provides tasks for her servant girls. How many people wish we had those? I do. <clears throat> She's not doing all of this alone, which is some comfort for those of us who are doing this all on our own. But she doesn't sit back and let others do all of it. She is working too. And how does she feel about her efforts on her family's behalf? Does she feel martyred, put upon, or downtrodden? No, she feels joyful because she provides for them. When it's cold, she knows they're warm. Because she's fed them up and made them strong, she knows when hard times come, they will be all right. She laughs at the time to come. I love this vision of her looking to the future and laughing with pleasure because she knows she has prepared her family. How can we be like her? Uh, 
I'm not going to cook breakfast, so I've got to think of something else. Can we work to make sure those we love are strong and well provided for? Can we help others to face the future with laughter, knowing they're going to be all right? Being a provider to those we love teaches them to be providers too. Her children may have also grown up to be powerhouses for their families and their communities. Being a calm, unruffled, providing presence in the lives of those we love can help them feel hopeful and undaunted about the future. And I think in a time when we sometimes, as women, feel put upon and underappreciated, it's worth remembering that even after her hard work, the Proverbs woman is full of joy. Second, our Proverbs woman invests in her husband and in her marriage. Excuse me, I'm going to have to cough. You might want to turn me down, Jerry. <coughs> Thank you. The first thing we hear about our woman is that she is a good wife and a capable woman. To her husband, she is more precious than jewels. He knows what a treasure he's married. She does him good and not harm all the days of his life. He trusts her. The reputation of the family has only been enhanced by her. She even has brought good economic times to the family rather than draining its resources. From the early days of their marriage to the present, she has blessed him in every way. In fact, because of her character, her industry, and the way she has made the family economically stable, her husband is able to be an elder in his region. Her support means that he can rise and take his place as a leader. As an elder, he is recognized as a man of wisdom and standing, that people bring their disputes, problems, and other important transactions to. He is able to take his place as a leader because of the strength and work of his wife. What do I, what do you do to enable friends and family to reach their potential. Because of your strength and stability, your support and wisdom, do people around you feel able to rise to their potential? Often we see those who write a book or accept an award say, if it weren't for my husband or my wife, my mother or my father, I could not have done this. Our belief and support of others enables them to rise. Many of us drink from wells we did not dig, but our parents, our friends, our spouses dug those wells for us to refresh ourselves and then climb higher. Are people around us able to rise to their potential because of our support? Third thing to know about our woman, she is a keen businesswoman, and she has strengthened the family finances and land holdings. There is an awful lot in this passage, I hope you noticed, about how the Proverbs woman is an economic powerhouse for her family. And I'm not talking just about the services she provides that would otherwise have to be bought elsewhere. This lady knows how to do business. She has enough materials to make things to sell in the marketplace. She makes linen garments and sells them. She supplies the merchants with sashes. She perceives that her merchandise is profitable. This is a smart, entrepreneurial woman. And then this, 
She considers a field and buys it. With the fruit of her hands, she plants a vineyard. It doesn't say she tells her husband about a field and he buys it. It says she considers a field and then buys it. She has her own money in her own wallet, money that she made herself. And with it, she buys land and then improves it by planting a vineyard which will yield her and her family both wine and wealth for generations to come. That's a smart lady. Isn't it interesting that a woman's work here in this ancient book is so valued and held up as an example to us? She not only cared for a family, but she made money for them. We did not invent the working mother, apparently. But it's worth noting she's got help, those maidservants, something most working moms do not have. It really is hard to have it all, isn't it? Fourthly, this woman is also a teacher. She has wisdom and an interior life. There's more to her than work and effort. The Proverbs woman is a teacher of wisdom in her own right. She opens her mouth with wisdom and the teaching of kindness is on her tongue. Wisdom is the highest goal of the book of Proverbs and this woman has it. She is the one chosen to finish this book on a high point. Not only does she know information, she knows life and how best to live it. Her husband may be the one who sits in the gate as an elder, but she also is a respected person in her community. And what she teaches is kindness. Not looking out for number one, not gain at all costs, but kindness. She may be a shrewd businesswoman, but she knows there is more to life than profit. Let's bring that one home. Can others depend on us for wisdom? Do we fill the air with triviality or gossip or anger, or do we talk about real things? Do we talk about the wisdom of the heart, the poetry of God? Do we teach others that there's more to life than profit and money? Do we become a well of kindness that others can draw on, who then can turn and pour that kindness out into the world? Our Proverbs woman has more to give than material things. She's a wisdom powerhouse for her family and her community. She shows them what the good life is about, and I don't mean affluence. Charm is deceitful and beauty is vain. But a woman who fears or has awe of the Lord is to be praised. Our Proverbs woman may be past the days of personal beauty. The flower of her youth and charm may have fully blossomed and the petals may be falling, but at the core of her is her faith and reverence for God. And she is still the jewel of her household. That's what the good life is about, that we have lasting worth because we know that we are valued by God and by others. And finally, one more important thing about our Proverbs woman, she cares more, she cares about more than just her family. I once posted a, a global news story that was fairly distressing on Facebook and an old friend posted, that seems very strong, what can I possibly do? 
I live in my garden. That's very nice to live in your garden. But the garden is part of a world that is suffering and crying out for justice. Our Proverbs woman is aware of the needs outside her garden, the needs in the world outside her walls. She opens her hand to the poor. She reaches out her hands to the needy. She could have insulated herself in her nice home with her family and servants and ignored the time and place she lived in. She could have been like the rich man Jesus talks about in the New Testament who ignored poor Lazarus at his gates until he went straight to hell. This woman opens her hand and shares what she has with those who are in need. She shows that godliness is not complete until we become aware and care about those who don't have what we have. We have a way of thinking that we have what we have because we are uniquely capable and blessed, that we don't need to look at or bother with those who don't have, those who are struggling. This woman reminds us that God expects better of us. God expects us to open our hands and share what we have. We cannot be considered exemplary until we open our hands to bless our community. Our Proverbs woman was a compassion powerhouse for her community, and we can be too. We have a God who opened his hands and shared every last drop of his life with us. His saving work on our behalf is spread on this table in front of us, reminding us of what it is to be a man, a woman, in full, a person who lives and loves others. And he did that for us, laughing at the future, because he knew his work was saving work, that it would be victorious, and that we would all be lifted up with him. Let's give thanks together as we prepare now for the table. Our Lord, we give you thanks for showing us how to live how to do good work, how to bless those in our lives, how to build strong families and communities. We thank you for giving us more than we need so that we can share with those who don't, opening our hands as you open your hands to shower us with blessings. We come to your table knowing that you will satisfy us with good things from your hands as you always do. We thank you for your sacrifice of love. Through Christ our Lord we pray, amen.